الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يغنه فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأمر أهلك بالصلاة واصطبر عليها لا نسألك رزقا نحن نرزقك والعاقبة للتقوى وقد ورد عن سيد البشر صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال لو أنكم كنتم توكلون على الله حق توكله رزقتم كما ترزق الطير تغدو بطانا وتروح تغدو خصاما وتروح بطانا أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله مولانا العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الأمين الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين In the last few months with the different events that have unfolded globally then many people would have witnessed inflation in prices for different things, different commodities and now during this week with the decrease in the price of fuel, many may have welcomed it and found a bit of relief. And then many would be even passing comments that things have become so difficult nowadays. And many would say that we are feeling the pinch in our pockets as well. But then after all, we are human beings, we are insan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us to this world not just merely for merrymaking, not just merely to amass the wealth of this world. But there are greater goals and objectives in our lives. But nonetheless, since we are humans, and that we have to earn a livelihood to see to our needs, to see to the needs of our dependents, our families, etc. Then we would undergo these various difficulties, these hardships, and we would experience these fluctuations in life. But together with that, as believers, as mu'mins, as Muslims, one is what we would refer to as the zahiri and the outward and apparent means that a person would adopt in order to earn his livelihood, in order to earn his rosy and his sustenance. And this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has even enjoined upon us. That this is talabul halali faridatun ba'd al-faraid. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has explained that seeking a halal rosy and seeking a halal sustenance, this is a compulsory duty on a person after the other duties that he owes unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then, together with adopting the outward means that a person would venture out into the world, depending on his profession, depending on whatever work and occupation he has adopted for himself, they are also what we would refer to as the haqiqi and the real means. That as believers, we would also need to adopt these means when it comes to our livelihood. And when a person would adopt these means, 
then though a person outwardly may not see an increase in his digits, but yes, there would be an increase in the barakat and in the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would bestow him with. And when we study the Qur'an and the Mubarak Ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then we will find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as well as the ayat of the Qur'an Majid, have given us those details by means of which, if we have to adopt them, then we will see that barakat and those blessings in our lives. That though we will experience these fluctuations in life, but they will then not matter much to us. That we will feel that difficulty, we will experience that hardship. But one's gaze will not remove or will not move away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from amongst the things that one needs to adopt, and which is also one of the salient features of a mu'min, that as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala outlines in Surah Anfal, that in the mu'minun al-ladina idha dhukira Allah wa jilat kulubuhum wa idha tuliyat alihim ayatuhu zadatun imana. وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the features of the true believers. And amongst them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And they place their trust entirely upon their Rabb Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the very first thing that every person who is earning a livelihood needs to instill within his mind and within his heart. That my trust and reliance is entirely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then many of us may have that misconception that what tawakkul means. And many may think that tawakkul is that a person just remains back and thinks to himself that now that rosy and sustenance will just come from some avenue or from some way. And I do not need to make an effort. But this is not what shariat has taught us to be the meaning of tawakkul. But rather, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith has very clearly outlined that لو أنكم كنتم توكلون على الله حق توكلي that all believers, if you have to place your trust on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the trust and tawakkul needs to be placed on Him then لرزقتم then you would be sustained from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala كما ترزق الطير just as how a bird is sustained and granted that sustenance that that bird in the morning that in the morning it leaves its nest with an empty belly, with an empty stomach but at night by the time it returns back to its nest it returns with its belly full so the commentators of hadith explain that this hadith very clearly outlines to us how tawakkul should be enacted in a person's life that if one looks at this bird then this bird doesn't remain for the entire day in its nest, thinking that some worm will just come and fall into my nest. But that bird first makes an effort and leaves that nest. So this is that first point that the commentators of hadith take out from this hadith, that when a person is going to venture out into that world, then it does not mean that he is going against tawakkul. But rather this is part of tawakkul, that when a person adopts the necessary means, but then just as how that bird, that bird goes out not knowing exactly where that sustenance will come from. But it is going out to make an effort. And then it will scan the ground, seeking out seeds, seeking out the worms. And the moment it finds and spots a seed, the moment it spots a, a worm, immediately it goes down and picks it up. And that becomes its meal for the day. So likewise a person would venture out of his home, 
He will adopt whatever means of sustenance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed at his disposal. But at the same time, his focus and his attention would be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately who will allow my sustenance to materialize. That how many a times it happens that a person plans his entire day that now I will go out and meet this certain client of mine at this time and then I will make an appointment with another client at another time. But then before he could even leave that home, he slips and he falls for example and he injures himself. So you would adopt the means, but then after all you will place the ultimate materialization of your effort in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the sum total of tawakkul, that you would adopt the means, but after all keep your focus and attention unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is an incident regarding the famous wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Shaqiq Balqi rahimahullah. And he was one of the greatest awliya of his time. But mention is made in the books of history that there was a certain moment in his life that became the reason for the revolution to take place in his life, for the complete change to take place in his life. And it happened such that at some point in time in the region of Balkh, the people were struck with, and the rich and the poor were all affected by this. And people were undergoing a lot of difficulty. So during that period of time, Shaqiq Balqi rahimahullah happened to be walking on the streets of Balkh. And he came across a normal slave. But contrary to the norm, the slave was extremely jovial, was extremely happy, enjoying himself, merry-making. Whereas the rest of the people, they were in a state of worry. That how are we going to see through this day of ours? How will we see to the end of the week, etc.? So Shaqiq Balqi rahimahullah was quite astonished and amazed. So he approached the slave and he asked the slave that tell me that you seem to be totally different from the rest of the people of Balqi. So why do you seem so happy whereas the rest of the people are all in a state of restlessness, in a state of worry? So he replied and said that why should I ever be restless? Why should I be in a state of worry and concern? When my master is so rich and so wealthy that he at his disposal, he has villages that are under his control. And whenever we require anything, then we just pass, and pass the message on to our master. And then he passes on and he relays that message to the power of lands or the power of villages that he has control of. And our needs are then fulfilled in that way. So Shatik Balqi rahimahullah then addresses himself and says that, Oh Shafiq, that look at this, this slave who is just a normal person and he has so much of trust on his master and his master is just a mortal being, such a person who is a human being like myself. But the slave has such trust in him because he knows that his master has so much of resources at his disposal. And because of that, he is not undergoing and experiencing any type of restlessness whatsoever. And then Shafiq Balqi rahimahullah then goes on further to address himself. And he says that, O oh Shafiq, you have a Rabb who is Hayyun Qayyum, who is ever loving and ever sustaining. And he has resources at his disposal that will never end. That walillahi khaza'inu samawati wal ard. That to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs all the treasures of the heavens and the earth. وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth. So when Allah is our Rabb and He has everything in His control 
and we believe that Allah is the one who is a razzaq that He is the one who sustains, then why should a true believer ever undergo any type of stress and any type of worry? That yes, he will feel the difficulty, but he should never shift his focus from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the very first point and very first aspect that every mu'min needs to instill within his life. And that is the aspect of tawakkul. And then the second aspect that every believer needs to instill within his life, to overcome these trials in our, life, in our lives, to overcome these difficulties and hardships that we experience, is the quality of taqwa. The quality of the consciousness and the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For if a person has this quality of taqwa in his life, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the quran Majid itself very clearly outlines and says that وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ That that person who adopts the fear, the consciousness and the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create an exit for him. From whatever predicament, whatever difficulty he loves that, وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ And Allah will sustain him from avenues which he could not have even imagined. There is an incident at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There was a sahabi by the name of Awf bin Malan. So this sahabi radiallahu ta'ala an, it happened such that his son happened to be taken as a captive and a prisoner by the enemies. And this father, the Sahabi, was unable to locate his son. He was unable to receive his son. So he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam complaining and expressing his concern, his worry, that now my entire family, we are in a state of worry, in a state of parishani, in a state of restlessness, that now my son has been taken as captive. And together with that, I cannot even go forward and tell them that I can offer an amount for ransom because I am a, a poor person. And I do not have any funds at my disposal. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then advised the sahabi that firstly adopt taqwa and give the same advice to the rest of your family. That adopt this quality of taqwa. And together with that, recite in abundance la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyyil azim. You recite it, let your family members recite it. And if you can pass on the message to your son as well, that he should also recite this in abundance. So this Tahabi radiallahu ta'ala an, he returns back home, and his family members are waiting, thinking that now maybe Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam may have assisted him financially and given him a large sum of wealth. So they ask him that did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam give you some money that you may offer as a ransom for your son. So this Tahabi replies and says, that no, but what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised me was firstly to adopt the quality of, taq- of taqwa and to recite this dhikr la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah in abundance. So then the sahabi and his family, they began reciting this in abundance and they all made a firm resolve that now we will adopt the quality of taqwa and you will firmly abide by this quality of taqwa as well. And to his surprise after a few days, the son of the Sahabi comes knocking at the door and he comes and tells his father that now I am here. And the father is quite surprised. And then not only was he there all alone, but he tells his father that now I have brought along with myself a whole herd of camels from the enemies. So this Sahabi, he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he tells that Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that here is my son, 
But together with that, he has brought a whole herd of camels. And I do not know whether this cam- these camels would be halal for us or not. Because these camels do not belong to us, they belong to the enemies. And my son had brought it along without them even knowing. So then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited these ayat to the sahabi. That, that that person who adopts taqwa, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will find an exit and a solution from every predicament and difficulty that he is facing. And now there is your son. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created an exit and he has created a solution for your, for your problem. And this sustenance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, then وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ That these camels are totally halal for you. That these will be treated as the wealth of, of beauty, the spoils of war. So it belongs to you and your son as well. So we find that this was a gleaming example in the life of the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That as soon as they abided very firmly by the quality of taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them the immediate results of this. And then the third thing that a person needs to adopt in his life is that of the performance of salah punctually as it ought to be performed. And in the Qur'an Majid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains and says, and addresses Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقًا And O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, enjoin the performance of salah upon your family. And together with that, وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا And O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you also remain firm upon the performance of salah. And then together with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقًا That we do not demand from you any type of sustenance and any type of rosy. So Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah, the famous commentator of the quran Majid, he explains that there is a direct link between the performance of salah and that of sustenance. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention of sustenance immediately after giving the command of the performance of salah. That when a person would be punctual on the performance of salah, not that a person would perform one salah with jamaat in the day, and the rest of the salah he would perform it later on, making it qaza, or performing it individually, thinking to himself that my business is more important, or my occupation is more important. But when a person diligently performs every salah as it ought to be performed, then he explains and says that this has a direct link with the barakat and blessings that a person would receive and derive in his sustenance and in his rizq. And when a person would perform that salah, then this is the very teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum explain that whenever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faced any financial problem, whether it was lost to life, whether it was some other problem as well, but immediately Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam resorted to salah. For salah is that ibadat that whereby a person converses directly with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he immediately draws the attention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He draws that special mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the second, the third aspect that every mu'min and every believer needs to instill within his life. And that is the performance of salah diligently, punctually as it ought to be performed. And then the fourth aspect is that of dua. That one is the normal dua that we would make after every salah. That way a person would make dua, beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his assistance, for his help. And then together with that, the various duas that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has prescribed. When it comes to our sustenance, when it comes to our rosy. 
that one dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has prescribed for that person who is facing any type of financial difficulty. He needs to pay his creditors. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had taught the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum that recite the dua, Allahumma kfini bi halalika wa haramik wa aghnini bi fadlika amman siwaq. That, oh Allah, suffice me with the halal sustenance and protect me from haram. And oh Allah, make me totally independent by means of your exclusive sustenance from turning to others. And likewise, the famous dua that we recite in our wudu, that Allahumma fidli dhanbi wa wasi'li fi rizqi, wasi'li fi dari, wa barikli fi rizqi. That though this dua has been prescribed for the, at the time of performance of wudu, but it could be recited at other times as well. And likewise, there are many other du'as that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has prescribed when it comes to our sustenance and our rosy. And then the, f- the fifth aspect is that of abundant istighfar, abundant seeking of forgiveness and tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For many a times, a person may not know that on account of a certain guna, of a particular sin that he may have committed, that now he is being deprived of the special rahmat, the special barakat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Mubarak hadith has even explained this, that many a times a person suffers an outward loss in his sustenance and, his, and in his rosy. But the reason for it is because of his gunas and because of his sins. And then when a person would turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, begging for his forgiveness, making istighfar, making tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has promised in the Mubarak hadith as well, that man lazim al-istighfar, that that person who makes a, makes a habit of making istighfar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove whatever difficulty he is, difficulty he is facing, a pure and halal rift and sustenance as well. So this is the fifth aspect when it comes to these financial difficulties that we face. So just to run through the different aspects that every believer and every mu'min needs to adopt within his life in order to overcome these financial difficulties that we may experience. That the very first being that of tawakkul and reliance and trust on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second being that of taqwa, the consciousness and the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third being the performance of salah punctually and diligently. The fourth being that of dua, that one is to make dua daily after our salah. And together with that, the prescribed du'as in the Mubarak hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And fifthly, that of making istighfar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq, make amal. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.